you're talking about coffee, you know, it's like coffee. you're talking about going decaf and stuff over here. But you got to remember, Phil, I'm like a giant six foot six behemoth of a person <laughs> who you still need to cast inside of a monster movie. Um, it's gonna don't want it's gonna happen, uh, dude. It's not just you; it's somebody out there. You got to cast me in a monster movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you never cast me. You never cast me. <laughs> he never cast me. That motherfucker in a couple. Yeah, of weeks. man. Been a while. He might. I don't know yeah. if he's gonna take a back seat for the crime movie. It's not him scene really. <laughs> um, but you know, he's never committed a crime. But yeah, he's not. He's a, he's usually on the op- opposite side of the law. You know. Yeah, he's a statesman. <laughs> Although he, he he does like agree with their ability to you know have guns and stuff for sure. He's a libertarian. Of course he does. Yeah, you know, I'm a libertarian. Yeah. <laughs> But um, you know, it's we'll fine. Think, we'll it's fine. We can like us. we can let him fucking chill, breathe, you know, because yeah. like people probably don't even know who he is or care. <laughs> that, it's even funnier than the, the Palmer thing. Could it? Yeah, I bet a lot of people are like, "Who the fuck is Jesse Ventura?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they'll come head to head. Who knows? Yeah, we'll do the Running Man eventually. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting here uh, talking about coffee and stuff, you know, and I think you gotta have yeah, a Yeah, just talking about me. coffee, yeah. For today's so episode, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and need you to go ahead and uh, have yeah. your cup of coffee, and I'm gonna need you to go ahead and uh, record. I'm gonna need you to go ahead another episode. Uh, have yeah, a, make have a podcast episode, you know, uh, about this movie. Uh, about this movie. Uh, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into Presented it. Presented by the Prince Charles Sim and the Breadcrumbs Glyphs. This is your host, Jasmine Buster, and I am here today with my creepy neighbor boy, Phil. Why am I the creepy neighbor boy? <laughs> I don't know. This is the best no, I'll take that. Film, the to be honest. Best thing about this movie. I, that's not an no, It's the best thing. MVP will get there. How's your New York trip going, Phil? In the future. <laughs> Phil, Phil oh, yeah. of the future. Phil, uh, I love it. Um, I love New York. It's one of my favorite places in the world. The air had cleared up. It's breathable again. And we've yeah. just been doing fun things. You didn't rob any banks, did you? Because I know last week you may have gotten some ideas. We were in New York City. We were No, not yet. But I'm casing this joint on the corner that it's just, you know, the security pretty minimal. So mm. just before yeah. I go. Okay. Yeah. Good. How about how about you? How's your time away from me going? It's all right. I don't know. I don't know what Better. to do with myself. I don't really know what to do with myself. Yeah. I actually was thinking the other day. I was just like, I love doing the podcast, but man, I never have any free time. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It takes a lot. Especially could we do a lot? We usually like yeah. double up, triple up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. In a week, this not third one in this week. Yeah, I'm like working four days a week and then I spend my day off during the week usually prepping for the podcast, which mm. sometimes could take all day because we do two or three episodes at a time. Yeah. And then I spend my at least one day at the weekend, at least part of the day editing said episode for a week. So I'm just like, man, I never like have free time. And it's like, holy shit. Uh, I start reading about um, Matthew McConaughey like he had like at one point before he really had his big breakout 
like the, you know the, he's already like before you know, the reconnaissance or like they confused. i think it was before up. the reconnaissance Mac- yeah okay it was like so yeah he had already he was already an actor and everything but it was before the like he you know really had his fucking big thing he basically was like you know he was in his movies you know he had a production company thing going on and he had like a record label and he decided to just close his record label and stop his production company and just focus on like the acting and stuff. And then like mm. that just caused him to go like, boom, like, oh shit. Like, you know, I'm like actually doing what I want to do. And mm. I'm spending all my time just worrying and focusing on that. And I love all this other stuff, but I'm like having, having to like sacrifice that noise so that I can like focus on my one true passion. I'm not saying I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> it sounds like, like it. It sounds yeah. like I am. But uh, you know, maybe one day I'm gonna have to like quit my real job and focus on the podcast. That's what I'm saying because oh, I there love we go. this shit. I'm Phil, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, man. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But Phil, I think I'm ready to break the law. <laughs> I haven't heard. I'm assuming there's going to be a theme song. Yeah, I'm assuming it's probably just making fun of the Judas Priest song. I'm going to say <laughs> the Judas Priest song. And I forgot to mention last time um, that that song is about butt stuff. Is it? Talking nice. Is it like about stuff. like because uh, it was illegal to do butt stuff? Sodomy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah. a lot of their songs are about butt stuff. I didn't know that. Is Rob Halford gay? I don't know. I mean, not yeah, that it have matters. To be. Yeah, not that it matters. You might just like buzz stuff. Just, you know, watch out yeah. for the cornhole, man. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. We're talking about butt stuff, you know. Uh, we're past Pride Month, so, you know, it's you know, it's not like bad anymore to talk about butt stuff. Um, <laughs> I just had like, to bring it up. Yeah. And this move just could the line in it. Because the way you brought it up and the way I was just like, oh, is he gay? It just makes it seem like we're being like fucking ass. I think this still, still comes out in June, actually. Does it? Okay. Is there a gay character in this film? No. No. Oh. But they're not overly homophobic in this film, which is good. For which is nice. It's a relief. Film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> last week we witnessed <laughs> no, you a bank to, robbery. Because usually it just happens in these <laughs> yeah. movies for no reason. Yeah. Last week we witnessed a bank robbery that may or may not have been perpetrated by a man hoping to pay for his partner's sexual reassignment surgery. Now, this week, we are fucking the criminal <laughs> exploits. Anything like that. Yeah. Of someone who is seeking a uh, personality reassignment, maybe. In what film, Phil? Oh, office brief.
From Mike Judge, creator of Beavis and Butthead and co-creator of King of the Hill, comes a movie about people who go to work. Who are part of a team. And remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. Okay, but I could set the building on fire. Who respect their boss. We need to talk about your flair. Well, I have 15... 15 pieces on. 15 is the minimum. Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on today. <laughs> and a terrific smile. And need to escape. I don't like my job, and I don't think I'm gonna go anymore. One of these days, I, I, I just, I just kick this piece off. I'm thinking now it might be more fun to just get fired. And I've always wondered what that would take. Oh, Peter, listen. Uh, well, it looks like you've been missing quite a bit of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. We're going to be getting rid of these people here. Mr. Samir. Okay, thank you. Nai'i na najat. Not going to work here anymore anyway. <laughs> you haven't been showing up and you got to keep your job. Actually, I'm being promoted. Thank you, Bob. This is a... It sucks! They're gonna throw you out on the street so that Bill Lumberg's stock will go up. Ooh. It's completely unfair. Inatech deserves to go down. We're just the guys to do it. Tell me about that virus you're always talking about. One that could rip off the company for a bunch of money. I'm not going to do anything illegal, Peter. Illegal? Samir, this is America. The worst they're gonna do is they put you in a white-collar minimum security resort for a couple of months. You know they have conjugal visits there? I might be showing them my O face. Oh, oh. They let you have sex with women? They sure do. Okay, I'll do it. Office space. I know you've been getting pretty depressed about your job and everything, and so I just wanted to tell you good things can happen in this world. I mean, look at me. <laughs> I'm thinking now it might be more fun to just get fired. And I've always wondered what that would take. Oh, Peter, listen. Uh, well, it looks like you've been missing quite a bit of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> Corporate drone, Peter Gibbons, played by Ron Livingston, hates his soul-killing job at, a so- at his software company, Inatech. While undergoing <laughs> hypnotherapy, Peter is left in a blissful state where his therapist dies in the middle of their session. This blissful state makes him refuse to work overtime. Play, he ends up playing games at his desk, and, and he unintentionally charms two consultants into putting him into a management fast track. When Peter's friends learn they're about to be fired in a wave of downsizing from the company, they hatch a revenge plot against the company inspired by... Superman three. <laughs> yes, dude. Underrated movie, actually. Yeah. I would agree. Is that the Richard or Richard Pryor the fourth one? No, that's third? the third. the third yeah. one. Third, yeah, because he's one, the where they, he's where they the fight a giant guy, computer. Right? He's the tech yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh where they use a computer virus to steal fractions of pennies from the company over a period of time, hoping to end up with a fat chunk of cash and the company will be none the wiser. Too bad Michael Too bad. Bolton. Hmm. That fucking no talent ass clown put a decimal point <laughs> in the wrong place and the idiots end up stealing a cool 300 grand in a matter of a couple of days. It's the 1999 satirical black comedy written and directed by 
<laughs> Mike Judge. Hot <laughs> takes out the gate, Phil, office space. <laughs> you stuck, Beavis. Um, <laughs> oh, dude. Speaking of like, low key, one of the greatest crime films ever made. Beavis yeah, and Butthead to America. Like, yeah, we were talking dude. about that last week, like some of our favorites that aren't in this season. That's holy shit, one. that could have been. Holy shit, what a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. That's honestly a great movie with yeah. a great soundtrack. When I think of Mike Judge, I always think of like, man, those, like, I obviously done a lot of good shit, but like, obviously, Beavis and Butthead is what he's known for. And those yeah. characters have proved like funnier and like, have gotten more like longevity than they have had any right to. Like he's yeah. still doing Beavis and Butthead. We've like <laughs> yeah. just brought it yeah. back recently. And apparently like from what I've seen and heard, apparently it's still very good. I mean, I saw the, f- this, the newer film that they brought out. Oh, recently. did you see do, do the universe yeah, or whatever? Yeah. It's, it's I good. mean, it's not as good as do America, but sure. I was watching it on a train and I remember just feeling like I was laughing a little too hard to be on a <laughs> fucking train in public watching yeah. this shit in public, but it was very funny. I, I did enjoy it. I mean, it's a laugh. Good. It's fucking Beavis and Butthead. It's a laugh. I, I mean, Beavis like I remember like even one of my favorite bits from Beavis and Butthead, like the TV show that was on MTV, mm. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, the <laughs> fucking bullshit, like, re you know when they revamped it for like the mid 2000s or whatever and it was sort of like post like twilight and i think like teen wolf would have been on like that stupid teen wolf tv show (laughs) and there was an episode where they were just sort of like going off and riffing on about twilight and stuff and like beavis like got bitten by a rabbit dog or something and he had like rabies and he just like had all this hair on him and stuff and he was just like <laughs> thinking he was a werewolf. That shit was the funniest fucking thing. It was hilarious. It's fucking great. great. Like, but anyway, we were talking off the air about our other little side series that um, we'll be doing as much as we can when we can, mm. you know, me adding extra stuff to do when I'm already sitting here complaining about like <laughs> yeah, it's two more life. My pod, like the podcast, takes over my life. But anyway, um, this Brucey bonus stuff, Phil. You know, mm. people and what do America. I'm just saying. Oh just shit! Saying. I forgot just he's in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just dude. saying. Just this saying. is the thing with Bruce Willis. He like get because he's done so much eclectic yeah. shit. You yeah. get to like dip your toes in so many worlds and talk yes. about so many different things. Yeah. Only if Bruce wills us. Only if Bruce wills us. And I think he will will us. <laughs> the next, I don't know, the next thing we got planned is going to be fucking It might weird. break us. It might be like, It dude, might break I'm, It's going to be done. really weird I'm done. I'm done. It's not, it's, it's not going to be like anything we've done before. Yeah. So but I also might, uh, you know, open up, you know, a can of worms to like a, a new career in podcasting, you know? Yes. Um, fucking Mike Judge, What's dude. Like, I mean- I'm not Mike seen, Judge fan. I'm not seen like uh, every film that he's directed, but like, dude, almost everything he does is like for me. I fucking love. <laughs> like, like we already sh- talked a- enough love about Beavis and Butthead and Beavis and Butthead Do America. I mean, mm. those are iconic. But like, King of the Hill, holy shit! Yeah, so Damn it, good, <laughs> so yeah. fucking good. And it's like one of those things where I keep talking about it to Julia. I'm just like, oh man, like you really need to watch King of Hill. Just sit and watch it. Yeah. Um, And then Idiocracy is like an all timer. I think it's like 
one of the funniest films ever made. And, and it's, it's proving so only to be funnier. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. you're like, oh, this is happening. This we is got real. the Terry Crews style president <laughs> yeah. with Trump and everything. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. And so, even like, I haven't, not. I've, I've bowed out a little, not bowed out. I just haven't seen as much of his recent stuff. Even like he did that show Silicon Valley and I saw the first oh, yeah. scenes of yeah. that. That was I good. Forgot didn't about finish that. it. But that, 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 film's, that was I mean, good. sorry, that show's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I saw another one of his films that was pretty good, but I forgot what it was now. It had Jason Bateman in it. Yeah, there was one that was like, was it Extract or something like that? Like, yeah. Uh, I remember it being good, but I don't, I don't remember it now. It could have been bad. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Jason Bateman Extract 2009. Ben Affleck is in it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, hot takes out the gate for Office <laughs> Space, though. Thing. I mean... Office space is, I mean, I, the, the is great, man. It's funny and it, it, it's one of those, I think I've, I mentioned we were talking on Wednesday. I was just like, it's just a film I think about a lot. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. so universally relatable and it's designed to be that way, even though it's like they get, they work at a tech company, they work in like, you know, the classic nine to five, you know, in a cubicle, just on a computer, like working on generic fucking forums all day. But like, if you've ever had a job, <laughs> period, yeah, a job, you'll be Where, like, especially yeah. Especially if you're not a boss who's yeah, making yeah, yeah. bank, you know, if this you're a the grunt, movie which most you. normal people will be. You yeah. Know. It's just, again, it's like idiocracy in a different way. Like it's sort of, Mike Judge is good at like sort of extracting the banality of, of Western culture and he's a man of the people. You know, he's a man of the people <laughs> and, and like turning him, to, you know, making it funny and making it relatable, but like often space is so like low key and laid back. That's why I yeah. really like watching. It's really easy to watch. It's not, it's not like heavy handed in any way or overplayed. It's really simple and it's really well done. Um, and it's small. It's like a small group of characters and you get to know each one and you like them all. It's just, it's got so many bits in it that I think about or like just at work being like, oh, there's like office space or yeah. that, that bit's like office space. And I, there's just, there's so much of it that has stuck with me. Like I think, I, and I've, I've that bit where he talks about what would you do if you had a million dollars? I've thought, I've thought about that so much, dude. And I've said that to people because I've gotten that question and I'm always like office space, I would do nothing, you know, like yeah. I just love that answer. I think it does. Do you ever give really the other answer beautiful. as well? Two chicks. Two chicks at the same time. Same time. <laughs> just, and like, it just had a stellar cast, you know, Ron Livingston's yeah. really good in it. Gary Cole is great in yeah. it. Um, I forget the, I forget the dude's name, but the, he's in a bunch of shit. The guy who plays Milton is amazing. Jennifer Aniston, yeah, who, I would, who I'd love seeing, like, she's fantastic friend. in this film. She's, she's so, so good. good in it. Yeah. And like, I'd loved Jennifer Aniston growing up, yeah. obviously. Everybody did. Mm. Um, yeah. Cause Leprechaun, bro. <laughs> yeah, of course, bro. Yeah, fuck friends, leprechaun. Yeah, leprechaun. It's the leprechaun. <laughs> I'm the leprechaun. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but it's like I saw this before I saw it. And I, I saw this in like when I was in secondary school or college, maybe. Yeah. So even before entering the workspace, I was like, this is funny. I get it. But like every time I've gone back to it, it's gotten better because I've only just become more like those people. And it has so much that stuck with me um but yeah sorry stellar cast uh but Diedrich Bader is just 
MVP yeah. still to yeah. show one of my favorite just side characters in, in anything. So funny. Just like that bit where he's like, hey man, you want to come over? He's like, nah, man. I want you fucking up fucking my, up life, my too. life, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that dude's so good. Yeah, man. I won't I tell just, no one else. He's like, oh, who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. And just, I like, you know, the, the message of it is just like, it was just like, Relax, man. Like, you don't have to take everything so seriously, even yeah, if you don't like absolutely. your job, man. Like, as long as there's stuff in your life that makes you happy, you're doing all yeah. right. Like, yeah, yeah. And I like, I really like all that. And it's just funny. It's really well observed. Um, there's some fucking great moments. The moment with the printer. Obviously yeah, I mean, about that, that just, when I, all I think good, about uh, the cinema and stuff, when I relate, like, you know, obviously we're talking yeah. about anyone who's had a job and stuff and, I, I I think like the cinema is one of these unique, funny places where obviously like we see a lot of the cinema and films like Empire Records or something like that, mm. you know, um, or like, you know, there's comedy. Yeah. It's clerks and stuff like that. You know, the, you get that vibe, but then office space, I, it's like less I because it. it's less because like, I don't see the like change, but yeah, I don't see the like, bullshit that you have to deal with in like office space, like bureaucratic it, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's not as much in the cinema. Like, you know, at times it is, but like, it's not, uh, but then there's like the fucking like mundane bullshit sometimes that you have to deal with. Or like, you know, for me, my job is really monotonous at times and I feel like, mm. Oh, for fuck's sake, you know, and I have to stop and remind myself, Oh, this place is pretty cool sometimes. Yeah. I imagine you get that, like the, how the film opens where he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I got the memo, yeah. <laughs> you know, like this thing where it's like, he, he hears it like three or four different times. And you're like, I know I'm yeah. doing it now. Like I got it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I literally had like an email earlier. I know I was working on something that someone asked for like the other day, right before my day off, like in the afternoon. And I'm like, I'm not doing it like immediately. And then like yeah. I had the day off yesterday and then I was working on it. And then I got an email mm-hmm. as a reminder to do that. I'm just like, come to work. Come on, just let me go. So like, the, yeah, like the specifics yeah. may change, but like you've dealt with. You but know, that printer. Uh, yeah, that fucking that printer thing. at work. Definitely. It's a fucking yeah, nightmare. We're just refusing to work. <laughs> and it, it's all these weird errors where you're like, what, yeah. what the what? fuck? What the fuck does that mean? What are you talking about? And yeah, <laughs> like the paper's paper. in there. What do you mean load paper? Um, <laughs> just scan the fucking thing. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so like, yeah, but you know, you can any always relate yeah. to like annoying people in the workplace. Like it's different with us because we have like the customers as well. This is mostly with other employees yeah. and mostly like fucking upper management and I've worked in other places where like yeah, yeah management has been this like very much like like Gary Cole and the rest of them with like this fucking bullshit like passive aggressive like yeah I'm gonna get it I'm gonna need you to go ahead and do that and I fucking yeah. hate that or like you know ref- you know not letting you know like they don't I, I do like they're afraid of confrontation so they don't fire anyone they just like sort of push and push them out till they leave or leave until Friday you know there's all these like great there's all these <laughs> yeah. like great little details and you even get it like in Jennifer Aniston's character she worked at this fucking bullshit like TGI Chachkeys. Friday type <laughs> charge key and I love that scene it's yeah. with Mike Judge where yeah. she, he's like telling her that she needs to wear more flair but won't just won't say just that. Say it, yeah. He no, I'm not like, saying like no, no, no. Like, yeah, no. She's like, yeah, more flair. And but I'm like, just saying, you, Brian over there. He, yeah, he's, you should you know, he's want like, to yeah. wear more. Flair. You know, you should just want to do it. It's just like I don't. It's just a job, though. Like it's yeah. just. Yeah, it's, I it's, it's I used to work in a grocery store, so I had to deal with like a lot of that bullshit and like you know 
when I was working in Philadelphia area and I was managing and stuff, there was a lot mm. of upper management that would come in and it was just like, oh my God, my God, you know, you <laughs> yeah, have like three or four like yeah. bosses in the store micromanaging you and saying stupid shit to you and they don't even know what they're doing. And it's just like, yeah, hey, they're just justifying their own existence. You work here, you were at, before you worked here, you were at a uh, company that went out of business. So I don't really think I should be taking your, <laughs> Listening to you. you know, your opinion on anything. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. yeah, no, no, this film, man, like I saw it a few years after it came out and it was around this sort of time where like I've mentioned before, I had a friend who was a little bit older and he was introduced me to a lot of fucking movies and stuff. And it was like this. And there was a lot of those like weird sort of like quirky cult comedy, like adult comedy mm. sort of films yeah, that were coming yeah, out yeah. this time, like, you know, super troopers and shit, like, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, like where there's just yeah. like really goofy movies and stuff. And like, um, this one they're like, I don't know, man, it just hits so hard. It's just like, Super mm. Troopers, I could probably go back and watch and find some bits to laugh at, but I don't think it would hold up as well. It doesn't stick as with Office you, you Space. Know? Like, yeah. Office Space just does it, man. And it's just like, in a lot of it, it really is that Dietrich Bader character at times, for whatever reason, I still find so quotable. He's hilarious, dude. For me, my most quote, quoted line, for me, like, personally, what I, for whatever reason, always think about when I think of this film is the uh sounds like someone has a case of the mondays line where he goes and he goes no, man. <laughs> yeah it's like has anyone ever said to you it's like you know it sounds like you've had a case of the money he's like shit no hell no man you know what? it's like a personal <laughs> front he's like i reckon you get your ass kicked for saying something like that like, <laughs> <laughs> i love that line it's so yeah, good that delivery it's so fucking funny like yeah. i don't know but i mean like that was also during this weird time where like the drew carey show was like on and mm -hmm. he was like a character in the drew carey show so it was just like i knew him really well dietrich bader like so seeing him in this it was just like yeah great i'm all for it mm -hmm. yeah like jennifer aniston's great and ron livingston like kind of like his his signature role like you know it is yeah, yeah like yeah. at least you get to see some of these other people like uh the guy who plays michael bolton he's he shows up in idiocracy and i think he appears in a few yeah, other yeah, like yeah. mike judge things because he's mm. like a you know friend of mike judge but like yeah now he's on bob bergen and stuff it's funny because like i just uh we were watching he played like the like he does a lot of voiceover roles i mean mm. but he's on bob bergen that's like the counselor mr yeah. Prond. And uh, I think we just, we found out just like, you know, he kind of looks like some actor. And I was like, he looks like the guy from Office Space, the Michael Bolton guy. And he's like, he does. And he's like fucking. It's just voice by him. Yeah, it's just voice by him. And voice is completely different right. though. But yeah, yeah. no. That's awesome. And yeah, Stephen Root is in like fucking everything. Stephen Root, thank you. I was, you know, sitting here watching office space right for this, knowing that I was going to do that. But like Julie and I had been, uh, we, we, you were talking about poker face, right? So we are putting her on the list of mm. a potential thing to watch soon, but we just uh, resubscribed to now. So I've been catching up on things like, you know, Chucky season two, because it's all about Chucky. <laughs> it's always about Chucky. Mm -hmm. uh, but then uh, we were finishing up Secession because that final season came out. But then we also decided to finally start watching Barry. And it turned out oh. in like one of the episodes of Secession, Stephen Root was in. Plus, we were watching Barry like in the mornings because it's a short show. And he's like a main character in that show. And then he's in office space. And he's just like, he's in everything. He's like really this low-key like comedian, Amazing comedian, actor, yeah. like character actor who just appears in like everything. And it's like really, 
must be because of office space. It really like, I mean, he was already in shit earlier, but like, it feels mm. like after office space, like he just started appearing in so much shit, like so much stuff. And it's amazing. Cause office space is like a weird role for him too, where he's like, he feels completely like different in this movie where you, he just doesn't even look like him. It's the glasses, you know, he's got a bit of that bubbles from Trailer Pro Boys glasses by yeah. the fucking and rosaceous skin. They tuck like the you know, talking about my stapler if you take you know yeah. if they if they tried to they move me again, you know, I'd have to burn the <laughs> place to the ground. Burn the plate again. Uh, it's amazing. To the too. Yeah. And that paid off. Yeah, yeah, it does. He said he was going to. <laughs> yeah, about that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so funny, man. This film's great. Like the the when we're talking about like uh you know crime movies and stuff, like obviously we threw this in as a bit of a laugh because it's it's chill. Like and sometimes when we are doing a lot of like you know heavy stuff, it's fun to throw in something that's kind of chill that I don't have to do mm. too much work on because it's just a silly movie and like this is gonna be our chill one, a good mm. little fun time. Um, and this is perfect for it because it is like a goofy, silly crime that happens in this film that's just like it's a. I mean, most crime movies, even the last one we were talking about, like, you know, um, in Dog Day Afternoon, there's a lot of bumbling, you know. Yeah, but this on. is like, like this blue, is just... blue collar crime, which yeah, we're not really yeah, yeah, yeah. covering, you know. Absolutely, this is like, yeah. You know, more like hacker neck, you know, like yeah. little, like almost like insurance fraud, that kind of thing, right? Like, <laughs> just put in a little virus into this thing and we, we're just going to steal fence. We're going to rip off <laughs> Superman 3 and we're going to. Yeah, I mean, that scene where he's he's trying to explain it to Jennifer Aniston is fucking beautiful. And she plays it so well where she's just like, so you're stealing. He's like, no, no, no. I don't think think I'm quite explaining it right. (laughs) Like, no, but you are stealing. (laughs) It's like they don't really realize, like, they've, like, uh, you know, like, rationalized it so much in their head that they don't even think they're doing anything wrong yeah. and also fuck yeah. this company but also it's like no but you are committing like a for very for real crime and you could go to jail <laughs> and it's just how that like quickly dawns on them and them trying to sort of get out of it as quickly yeah. as they got in and it's, it's really fun to watch I think like what makes certain things and I just start thinking about in that certain scene, like where he's describing this crime to her, she's drinking that the most gigantic fucking cup. And it's like this whole film's just like sort of a parody on like, you know, the American sort of corporate mm. workspace and those yeah, like yeah, sure. horrible sprawling complexes of like office buildings that are all like the same. Like this film is like, you know, it's filmed in Austin, Texas in and around, but like, it's sort of like set, Anywhere USA, like even even like the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, like my Porsche, like a license plate, like he had, you know, fake license plates made up that just say USA on them. (laughs) So it was like sort of like not really set anywhere. And it's sort of the idea that like, this is just inexistent everywhere. It like, it's kind of ugly sprawling, you know, corporate city block or whatever, where these dumb, like, you know, I don't know, giant office buildings that are just ugly. They all look the same. And then there's like, you know, next to them, there's like three or four different chain restaurants that are all exactly the same. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they even yeah, had yeah. that joke where she's like, Chili's oh, or flingers. I mean, ch- chilies or flingers. Yeah. And it's just like, well, you know, it's like, <laughs> all down the same. they're all the yeah. same. It, no, it's a yeah, great sort of like satire great. of like Western work culture, yeah, specifically yeah, yeah. America. But I think, yeah, you could apply it. Then you yeah, have office job here. It's yeah. the same. And I mean, somehow in America, it's even more sold destroying because America, like, I mean, you know, we were j- joking around a couple of weeks ago about like America versus UK shit. And we've been doing a lot, <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. this year, just joking around. But like, you know, I, 
I'm well aware of America's bullshit, but I still like, I fucking love America. It's a great, Mm. great place, but it is like so depressing sometimes when you think about the, how it portrays itself as being like this, uh, this amazing, like, you know, world leading country, which it is in some degree, but at the same time, like how shitty it treats its citizens. It like this film in general, like is a really good representation of what it's like to be living in America and working in America. Because like, I mean, yeah, everybody has shitty jobs and stuff, right? Like even here in the UK, like you can have a shitty job and like soul destroying sort of work and stuff. But just imagine like having the fewest amount of like of holiday, like imagine like, not getting like, you know, healthcare provided for you properly, mm. like without having to like, you know, pay a lot of money if something happens, even if you have insurance. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it's you like need a just, job with benefit and have yeah, that can trap just, you into a world you hate. Just imagine that. Like, and that's crazy. Like America just oh God. Anyway. <laughs> it's it's like crazy. This film like really can just kind of put you in that like that mindset and like, Hmm. you know, God, I I really wish sometimes I could be like, just hypnotized. Like, like he is in the beginning of the film. And I I remember like watching it in the past once and just feeling in a fucking funny mood and just kind of sitting there and closing my eyes and hoping that I would get hypnotized one time. Like, you're just like, man, I wish I could just not care. I wish I could just wake up and like all of the stress (laughs) and, you know, all the anxiety about work just disappeared. And you're just like, I just do what I feel like today. Yeah, and yeah. it's even like they portray that like it does him a lot of good, mm. obviously, but yeah. like it also causes more problems down the line. And it's like you can't just avoid responsibility your whole life. It's this balancing act that's the whole yeah, thing yeah, of like yeah. adult life. But that's a really fun bit, and it's a good lesson to be learned in there. I re- I really like that moment and that turn in the movie. It's great. It's so silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just seeing that dude from Brotherly Love keel over. <laughs> <laughs> the dude from Brotherly Love. What you mean the guy Love? from mean the guy from Richie Rich? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Always bringing up Richie Rich. Yeah, I'm not gonna God. lie. Let it go, man. I'm not gonna lie, dude. Like when I was a kid, there used to be. I wanted to be front- Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> There used to be this primary urgent care place that uh, we were kind of like always going to, like if, you know, you know, something happened, like we would go there. There was a guy like, a, um, I don't know, he wasn't a doctor, but he was like, you know, like a physician's assistant or something like that. He worked at this primary care place, urgent care place. And he, <laughs> this fucking guy looked exactly like this dude. <laughs> I looked exactly like him. I remember like saying to my dad, I was like, that looks like the the guy from Richie Rich. My dad just like <laughs> laughing, just like shut up. But like, um, but like it was weird. Like he he like once my dad like went and he had like some weird like I don't know like a cyst or something under his underarm or whatever. And he went to get it checked out, just make sure it wasn't cancerous or whatever. And it turned out just to be like a weird cyst boil thing. Mm. And this motherfucking crazy Richie Rich looking dude, office space looking dude, comes and just like <laughs> no ew. bust it. And like my dad was just like it was the worst fucking pain I've ever had in my life. And like every time we would go in there and he'd see that guy, my dad would just like mean mug him. <laughs> like that son of a bitch, pop that boil <laughs> under my arm. Oh uh, shit! All right, Office Space. It originated 
in the uh, series of three animated short films from 1991 that Mike Judge created about an office worker by the name of Milton. So they were sort of mm. these quote unquote Milton shorts, which I think it was, I don't know if it was like originally just called like Milton or if like later when they reworked it, they did add the office space card to it, like, you know, starring Milton or if it was originally just called office space. I'm not really sure because I've seen it, but I saw it like, attached to the office space stuff and i was re-watching one of them like the other day and it was like it already said office space on it so i'm not really sure but anyway okay, they were kind of known re-worked. yeah yeah i think they were kind of just known as like milton shorts and they first aired on liquid television and then on saturday night live actually and <laughs> uh the inspiration came from a temp job that mike judge had where it involved him alphabetizing purchase orders and another job as an engineer at this place called parallel parallax graphics for about three months in the san francisco bay area during the 1980s and my judge said it was just in the heart of silicon valley in the middle of that overachiever yuppie thing it was just awful so it kind of makes sense that he would dip his toes back into that life but in a modern lens with silicon valley because he i guess did do a little bit of like you know engineering and stuff and all that so had a background knew what it was like you know Silicon Valley's like really like I kind of forgot that it was his project. It's a good shot as a companion piece to the office space. I feel like. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. But it was after the success of the Fairley brothers hit movie. There's something about Mary that 20th century Fox decided they wanted a big broad comedy. And Peter Shernan head of the studio at the time wanted to make a film out of the Mike judge Milton shorts thinking there was something funny about this guy who threatened to quit if his boss moved his desk again. (laughs) (laughs) Don't touch the stapler. Yeah. Judge initially didn't think it was a good idea, but he eventually got on board and he would tell him, you don't want to know what this guy does at home after work. Instead, he suggested an ensemble cast based film, something like car wash, but just set in an office. It's funny. This is like pre the office as well. Like yes, yes. pre the British office, but then also mm. the American office, which they both feel like they, I don't know, owe a lot to office space. I think so. I mean, yeah, I feel like the office is very like popularized and innovated that sort of like that style, that sort of documentary style. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come and it's like very, cringy comedy very like awkward but like and that's not very much the humor of office space but just not the subject and the themes and the kind of jokes it's like that mixed with like a lot of gary shandling stuff in the 90s which was kind of again very fourth wall breaking at the time no i I would i would agree with that like often yeah i think oh because it's kind of kind of cult as well like it didn't it is this big broad comedy but it's not i don't think as many people know it fucking much in there's something about Mary or even like, Oh yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Um, but it's like for people who have seen it, I think it's definitely hit. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like left a mark, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it definitely, and like that workplace comedy still won't die. Like that kind of show is still the predominant show. It seems to feel like, you know, there's schools, there's one supermarket, there's that blockbuster one, you know, superstore with the other one. Like, it parks in a record one and that was a really good one, but like it yeah. just won't stop. So there's so much life in that idea. Cause again, everybody can relate to it specifically or not. Like we work in a cinema and office space still hits. It helps. I just remembered like I worked in a call center 
for like six months. Mm-hmm. And that was the most soul destroying job. Yeah. That and went to Wonderland. But that call center was awful. And I had my own little fucking cubicle. And I was just, I had to ring up, I was ringing up like medical practitioners, like doctors and dentists, trying to get them to do surveys and working kind of off commission. Like I didn't make much, but like if I made a certain amount of successful calls, I would get a bonus. So you're just like, you're living off it. And the funniest bit was like the managers would sit at the end of the office. They had like a row of desks just elevated above everybody else. They would just be looking down at this like maze of cubicles and like watching you while you did fucking calls. Now I remember yeah. getting in trouble once because I said the calls are recorded. Yeah. And like uh, someone would, I mean, I'm not like someone was rude to me and like hung up and I said fuck off or something like that. After they had hung up, but they're like, it was like a whole thing. They'd like bring me in, like sit me down, talk to me, explain why that wasn't, you know, you know, appropriate or acceptable. And I was like, no, no, I get it. But the guy didn't hear it. The guy wasn't on the phone anymore. And he's like, yeah, but if he was, you know, if he did, if you did actually, it's just a big if, if, if you did it. And I was like, but I did. But you know I what? Did. Never mind. Never, never mind. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, sorry, I just went off there. Just a mind. No, no, I, just, I too worked at a call center like, for like, I think about <sighs> six weeks or something like that, four mm-hmm. to six weeks. And like, I just, I couldn't do it. Like it was, I'm not, I hate talking on the phone one. And then I'm just not that type of person. And it was like a, one of those where you, uh, uh, basically like, you had to like sell people. It was horrible. Like I excelled in the the training because like it was stuff that I knew about and I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm good at technology and shit. But like, it was just like that having to like talk to someone. So the idea was like, they would be changing their like provider for like their, I don't know, like some bill or something. And then mm-hmm. while you had them on the phone, you got directed, <sighs> like basically you were di- like their call was forwarded to you. To you. And you were supposed to give them some confirmation number, but while you had them on the phone, you were supposed to like try to upsell them like a oh, new television or I'm not fucking that, internet yeah. package. And it was just horrible. Like these, oh. like I remember the first call I had was just like, it was this old woman. She was just like, why are you asking me about this? I just changed my provider. I have not moved home. Why would I need internet? <laughs> new internet. I don't even use the internet. <laughs> I was just like, dude, I can't do this. This is horrible. <laughs> like, you know, I just oh, never went back in and I just stopped yeah, going yeah. in. It was so yeah. shit. It was horrible. But yeah, Don't no, I, I understand the that the yeah, that place, like the best thing about it was they had a pool table and you could just nice. pool like yeah. at lunchtime. That was about it because the rest <laughs> of it sucked ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the setting of the film, like I said, it sort of like, you know, reflects like the trend that Mike Judge observed in the United States. It's like he said, it seems like every city now has these identical office parks and identical adjoining chain restaurants. So yeah, it's basically just any town USA. And uh, he said that there was a lot of like people who wanted me to set this movie on Wall Street or like the movie Brazil, like, you know, I guess some weird mm. futuristic thing or something, but I wanted it to be very unglamorous, the kind of bleak work situation I was in. <laughs> so the studio actually like <laughs> didn't really like, cause you said that it felt it's like very low key at times, mm. you know, comedy is a bit subtle. 
but the studio didn't really get the concept at times and they even wanted him to make the film more exciting and like less low key and like apparently the dailies of Bill Lumberg's character saying stuff like mm, yeah yeah was just driving people crazy oh but that's the that the whole the joke point. though yeah but they're not it's, the type of people who like are on the receiving end of that most of the time so i don't sure, think they, got they it. won't get it yeah, <laughs> yeah. how annoying yeah. so mike judge wrote a treatment for the film in 1996 but the script basically wasn't really written properly until after the first season of king of the hill and despite Fox president Tom Rothman calling it the most brilliant workplace satire I've ever read, Mike Judge actually did hate the ending, and he said he wished he could have completely rewritten the third act of the film. Oh, really? I, I, I guess like I kind of get it, because like, it feels like less attention or whatever is paid towards like Peter's like new life of, you know, like accepting who he is and stuff and like, you know, relaxing. And everything and just kind of mm. like it you know that whole thing of him being hypnotized is just sort of dropped and it kind of turns into the what we're here for the crime element of it yeah, yeah, yeah. and that kind of like takes a backseat to the crime and i don't know like the it feels slightly rushed towards the end i guess because it is just like a 90 minute film but it does I think feel it rushed. handles it even well like enough. a comment that's even like a comment about it, but I like that, that the way, you know, you kind of, you're going through the motions. You're like, okay, now he has to reconcile with Jennifer Aniston's character. And he's like, stood there apologizing. And like midway through the apology, she's just like, oh, shut up. And they like hug and they just like get it over with. And I, yeah. I kind of like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I see what you mean. Cause the whole, there's like one, the whole hypnotism thing, it just kind of wears off and then he, he makes reference to it. But it's yeah. He does make weird. reference, but yeah. But, but yeah, but the idea and him mm. like sort of working with Lawrence at the end and it's like, you know, fucking A man, this isn't too bad. We're getting out, getting good exercise. All he needed was a change and to realize that yeah. if he's unhappy, he just needs to change things in his life. Mm. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Not much. Get it, it, it kind of happens with ensemble movies, right? It kind of like with matinee, it feels like that with like, okay, you set up all these things now, they all kind of have to pay off, yeah. And <laughs> they're ju it's just going to sort of be like a everything smashes together, even that guy's like stupid jump to conclusion thing <laughs> paying off, you know, Fucking like, and, yeah, it's really great, like all that stuff, fantastic, sort of, yeah, come to, <laughs> yeah, come to a head, but you know, I, I see what you mean, I see what yeah, you mean. yeah. Well, when Judge wrote the script, he had one actor in mind. However, it wasn't for the main role, or even the role of Milton, for that matter. It was uh, David Herman for the role of Michael Bolton. Judge managed to catch Herman at an odd time in his career. He had just managed to get out of a seven-year contract at Mad TV by screaming all of his lines <laughs> at the table read until he got fired. <laughs> that's that's, that's the most fucking that's the funniest way to quit. Yeah, and it's like the most office based thing to do. So it's just yeah. like it's great. Uh for the first read through of the script, Herman was in place, and by this point, Stephen Root had been brought on to play Milton. Judge liked them both, which is uh not surprising given that they're both in office space. However, apparently Judge wasn't so pleased with the rest of the cast. He thoroughly disliked them and how the read through the read through had gone as a result. And at that time he almost abandoned the whole entire project. But Tom Rothman, who was a producer convinced him that he just needed to find the right actors, but he had to go after the best people for the job instead of stars because the budget obviously wouldn't allow for much else. 
But that stance would change after the success of Goodwill Hunting, when Judge was told he should go after Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Which he would eventually work with Ben Affleck for that film ash- extract, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but before Judge could even meet with Matt Damon, apparently he had set up a meeting for him. He saw a taper or like Ron Livingston's like um, agent or whatever got in touch and wanted, he wanted to audition. So he saw the tape and he decided that he wanted Ron Livingston for the role of Peter and Matt Damon didn't even get his meeting. So Holy it's a bit of like a uh, by Mike judge, Jimmy Cal, uh, Jimmy Kimmel joke or whatever. Like, sorry, we've run out of time. for Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But the studio did still want one bankable star, and they got Jennifer Aniston as Joanna because she wasn't yet a big movie star. She'd been in a few things, like I mentioned. She was in, you know, Leprechaun. Leprechaun. Come on, man. Come on, man. But she <laughs> she wasn't like a big movie star yet, and her like name was you know on the rise thanks to Friends, obviously. But the original role for Joanna was actually fairly small in the original script, and all that stuff was stuff about the flair and all that, like you know, was added to give Jennifer Aniston more to do in the film. So, <laughs> okay, good, yeah. yeah, that's good. And it was after casting the Indian American AJ Nadir who plays Samir. Uh, he would originally he was originally uh, written um, as Iranian, and the character was rewritten to be Jordanian. But then, yeah, Nadu basically had to work on like a dialect, you know, like work with the dialect coach to get the accent really right and everything. Mm. Yeah, John C. McGinley, shout out to Scrubs. Oh, shit. Dr. Cock, bro. Great. He's really he's good at it. You must love his music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm a huge fun. fan. I can't believe I told those guys I like my. <laughs> so fucking funny. He's just like so dis- just like despises the fact that he told him that he liked Michael Bolton's music. It's just yeah. that money. So he actually uh, auditioned to play Bill Lumberg, but the problem, the only problem was that like once Gary Cole auditioned for the role, Mike judge was like, I'm not going to consider anybody else. Like G- Gary is, Cole is, this is perfect. It. He yeah. annoyed and un- like this movie is full of people who like will usually steal the show and other yeah. things. Or yeah, like yeah. are just unsung heroes, unsung like character actors, and there's like a bunch of them in this movie. Yet they never like really overstep each other. It's yeah. like it's, it's actually quite impressive that you can have like Deirdre Bader, Stephen Root, and like Gary Cole, like all in the same movie. Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. Like, and they all get time to shine, you know. Maybe because they don't interact with each other as well. Which yeah, helps. yeah. You know, you have the straight man, which is uh, Ron Livingston, like you know, having to interact yeah. with all these fucking crazy perfect people, every which man, is a great yeah. way to like kind of play this film. The judge basically said that Gary Cole just made the character ten times funnier than he was written. You know. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I mean, I was in there laughing because it was like the next year, uh, you have a very funny satirical horror film come out directed by Mary Heron based on a book that we did an episode for in our, uh, incel arc, uh, American psycho. And it has the exact same fucking sex scene where Christian bell is sitting there like, (sighs) With that woman's leg up, and he's just like you know flexing and stuff. Gary yeah. Cole's doing the exact same thing, but like you know he's he's got like his mug drinking mug. his coffee, and it's like a year before. And I'm like, did Mary Heron sort of like low key like just that. nick that scene, or is it just a strange coincidence? 
Yeah, because I've not read the book. Is it in the book? I don't I doubt it. it. I, like, I'm, how can you yeah. convey that image in a book? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's so funny. Though. It's very specific. It's so yeah. funny. When he pulls that fucking coffee mug up, it's <laughs> <laughs> You oh, know it's yeah. coming as well. <laughs> so good. That whole fucking thing as well, like it just being the wrong Lumberg, and it's just it's yeah, fucking yeah. great. It's so fucking funny. Like, oh, man. Because like you can imagine being that way when you – get told by someone that like, oh, this person's like slept with, oh yeah, and they fucking slept, they fucked Lomberg. And he's just like, Lomberg. Okay. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, Lomberg. <laughs> nah, uh, so good. <laughs> but anyway, John C. McGinley ended up getting the role of one of the Bobs and Paul Wilson plays the other Bob. I mean, they're fucking great. They're great. So good. And uh, yeah, Dietrich Bader plays Lawrence, Peter's next door neighbor. He's actually, I think, based off of uh, actual character Mike Judge's past as well. So I think Milton and and Lawrence were sort of like people that he actually sort of yeah. Lawrence like, is knew. like a King of the Hill character as well. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he got the mullet and the tash, and he's just like beer drinking dude. You know, he basically like I read something where Dietrich Bader basically said like I basically read this as like this guy loves the Allman Brothers band, and like <laughs> that was that's it. That's all you need. That's it. That's it. I've, I've got it. Say, say no more. I've got it. <laughs> Man, Dietrich Bader never had like the, I mean, that, that's not fair because I've seen him continuously in shit, but like everything, he's always like, this has very much shades of Napoleon Dynamite in it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dietrich yeah. Bader is in Napoleon Dynamite and again, steals it and fucking yeah, wrecks So Kondo. fucking funny, yeah. You know, James now and Bob's track back it's not long after this and he's got a very small role in that and he's, Fucking hilarious as the security guard at the studio. Yeah. He's trying to get them to blow each other. Um, <laughs> it, he just always great. He played Batman on that show, Brave and yeah, the Bold. Yeah, dude, Brave like, and Bold. He was great Brave Batman. Bold was a really yeah. good cartoon. Um, he was in Shazam recently, and that was, it was really nice to see him in that, in the newer one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he just Beverly Hillbillies. My God. Oh, man. God. Yeah. Jethro, right? Fuck. Yeah, man. yeah. Just man. excellent. Yeah. Excellent uh, actor. <laughs> yeah, it's a great shout that it's sort of Napoleon Dynamite esque because, like, also Mike Judge's character, Stan, the manager at Chosky's, is like very Napoleon Dynamite esque. Very, like, yeah. very. Like, he would definitely be in that universe. Uh, Todd Duffy, <laughs> speaking of someone. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of someone who uh, is someone you fucking quote all the time if you're thinking about this film, it's fucking Brian, the Chosky's waiter, the other waiter. Oh. The flair. We used to fucking like uh, quote that guy all the time. Like me and a friend, we would just be like sitting around. You're like, yeah, get a room, you two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so fucking funny. Yeah, it's not like he's having a case on the Mondays. <laughs> well, <laughs> Phil, uh, let's see how many times this comes up in this. Uh, in this arc mm. it came up last week it's not an unoriginal script lawsuit but we had a lawsuit oh, so that's the segment not yeah. an unoriginal script but a lawsuit a uh, special edition dvd called the office space box of flair included a 32 page <laughs> book the office space guide to flair and 15 <laughs> buttons 15 being the minimum number a flare mm-hmm. of the server must wear. So, t- 
Todd Duffy apparently wanted to be financially compensated for his face appearing on the cover of the book and one of the buttons, but the false endorsement violation claim lawsuit was dismissed. He didn't get his money. <laughs> Damn, son. Amazing. Now we've got a case of the Monday. <laughs> <laughs> got Michael McShane playing the Dr. Swanson guy, the uh, guy who kills over and dies, Richie mm-hmm. Rich. Or uh, what'd you say he was in? Brotherly Love. Brotherly Love. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, fucking Orlando Jones again, just popping yes. up. Yeah. Hello, my name is Steve. I used to be a crack addict. Crack addict. That's one of that used to. That's one of my favorite bits <laughs> in that movie. Insane. Completely forgot about him when he showed up. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yes, me and Phil always talk about how funny Orlando Jones is. This is great. Yeah. Yes, this is like our. What was he in? Bedazzled. Sorry, he bedazzled. Was bedazzled. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so great. good. We need, to, yeah. we need to do evolution or something, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just complete <laughs> the so trilogy. Funny. Yeah. Uh, and then we get Richard Ryle, who plays Tom Samoski, the jump to conclusions, Matt's guy. I mean, again, <laughs> we always talk about uh, what's that show? Grand for Life. Grand for Life. Yeah, Kevin yeah, Morgan. Yeah, dad. Yeah, he's the grandpa, the dad. Yeah. And of course, we get Greg Pitts as Drew. For one of the other all-timer lines in the film that I'll have to call Snack Time! There's something about that look you gave to me. I know you only need one thing. It's snack time. In the morning. It's snack time. In the evening. It's snack time. I can't wait for you. It's snack time. Now, Phil, it's office space. We can do a lot of things, you know. Obviously, I'm gonna have my cup of coffee here because mm, you know my cup. you're you're at the office, mm. so I have the remnants of my coffee here. Because you gotta have coffee at the office, right? You, know? you do. The lifeblood of any office space. So you know, I could have gone to the supermarket. I could have gone and gotten some like bullshit, like you know, like one of those weird TGI Fridays, like frozen food bullshit i don't even know if they do those that would have been good yeah yeah yeah, you get one of those like fucking bullshit things i could have gotten like some cake you know because they're at the office they have the birthday cake and you know lumberg's (laughs) birthday and uh, milton Mm. doesn't get his cake yeah maybe maybe somebody else (laughs) maybe (laughs) but i started thinking about one greg pitts his famous line and then two we're in an office and it's something that Faye and Sam, shout out to Faye and Sam, who used to work at the cinema, used to bring all the time. So in honor of Greg Pitts, I got a donut so I can show you my O face. Oh, 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 God. <laughs> I'm going to show her my O face. Oh, oh. <laughs> It's horrible, but it's so fucking That's awful, dude. Oh, 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 so cringy. Oh, my God. To make matters even worse is I got like a, it's like one of these like Asda like uh, deli donuts to make it even worse because that's the type of shit you would get in an office like this. Just like the the cheapest shit. 
<laughs> At least Faye and Sam used to bring in the Krispy Kreme. Yeah, this is shit. not Krispy Kreme. This is like, <laughs> you know, one one Krispy Kreme donut would cost as it's much as like a four pack of this bullshit. You yeah, know? It, it, it just, uh, just a glazed donut. There's nothing it's, on it. It's glazed, but it doesn't even look glazed. <laughs> no, it looks just plain. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> it's horrible. Watch out for the hole. All right. I'm going to dip into that O. <laughs> <laughs> so dry. <laughs> oh no! Dip it. You need to dip it into your coffee. Yeah, it's like I was kind of hoping. Like sometimes these like uh, supermarket donuts can surprise you, and they'll have that. Like, yeah, sure. You know those? Ugh, it's so fucking dry. You know those? <coughs> um, like those yum yums. Have you ever had those? Like, like the no the sort of donut like. They're like more of a like rectangle or square piece, but it tastes like a Krispy Kreme donut. They're like sometimes they're called like mini yum yums, or sometimes they're like mm. bigger ones, and they're just called yum yums. Those things are fucking great sometimes. <laughs> and I was kind of hoping this. this is what this was going to be, but it's not. How many Even uh, dipped in bit- coffee? It's just so dry. <laughs> How many bits of uh, flair do you give it? <laughs> now fifteen oh, no. is the minimum. To work here, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> it's definitely just like I'm gonna lose my j- I'm definitely gonna have to have a talk with the boss because I've only yeah. got like maybe two pieces of flare on. I don't even know, maybe like one, dude. It's not wow. good. Wow. Not good. That it's edible. For you, man. But it's not very sweet. It's just very bready, but not in a good way. You know? It's edible, it's like the base. Like that's the minimum. <laughs> this tastes like dude. something you would get at an office, though. That's yeah. So maybe no, it's, it's a the five. perfect snack. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's five. Maybe yeah, technically it's a five. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get birthday cake? <laughs> well, I went to the shop and I was just like, I'm gonna get some cake, something cake related. I was looking for birthday cake, and the only thing I could find, so it's a bit of a reprise from two weeks ago. <laughs> the same thing. But different flavor. So it's okay. uh, again, it's a Hershey bar, <laughs> but it's but it's birthday cake. Oh, here we it's go. It's the only birthday cake thing I could find. I should have got a donut or something. You're better at these than I am. But I was like, <laughs> when I was watching the movie, I was like, that was the only bit. I was like, oh, food, yeah, food, that bit. And he's like, what? He's not getting the cake, and he's just watching the cake get smaller and smaller, and he keeps passing the stuff. So funny. <laughs> but yeah, last time I had the cookies and cream, which would. Fine, I wasn't big on. Yeah, I feel like this is probably going to be worse. This may be better. I don't know. I I've had like it could go either way. Yeah, birthday cake flavor stuff can be odd sometimes. Sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be a little too much. It looks terrifying. So it had like a little ice cream cone and it got like sprinkles and stuff in it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sure smelled like it. I'm going to save the some for Dusty because she loves birthday cake. Okay. I'm sure she'll like that. Um, but it's Hershey's, uh, though. She might, you know, we had like this, this, go- we yeah, had we this had discussion. This. We did this already. <laughs> I felt bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> you should. She doesn't listen to this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Right. Oh, just too it's strong, gritty, man. Yeah. It's so gritty and so sweet. <laughs> I remember having. I mean, it like, tastes like birthday cake, though. One of those birthday cake, like uh, 
like protein bars one time and it was just disgusting. <laughs> it was just like, this is too much. <laughs> it's just too much. Like that's the amount I want. It's like, I'll have a bite and that's yeah. it. Like a whole bar. That, or, if, that or actual birthday cake. Are you asking me to choose? Yeah. Yeah. Which birthday one cake? Actual I'll have an actual cake, birthday. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Is it better than the last one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what I gave that one. How many uh, how many shots to a printer are you giving it? Like, you know, baseball bat, like <laughs> baseball bat clubs to a, to a printer. <laughs> and I'm torn because I want to, that looks like fun. Like I want to beat I, the shit out of it. Yeah, I want to beat the shit out of a printer. I want to do yeah. like five. Hmm. Um, it's good. It's just too much. It's just too sweet, and it's like it's so overwhelming when you bite into it. It's just like, whoa, relax. Three, three. That's pretty good, though. Three, good. I think you two gave- and a, I think I think the last one I gave like a two and a half. Yeah, I think you settled on three at the end. Then this is the same because it's the okay. same fucking thing. Yeah, it's the same. But I guess the flavor is slightly better. I do okay. like birthday cake at the flavor. It's fun. Um. It makes me feel yeah. good. It makes me, it makes me feel we're good. We're having a good time. <laughs> we're having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Does the soundtrack to this film make you feel good? It did make me feel good. It's a great soundtrack. <laughs> it's a great soundtrack. Fucking got the ghetto. That's, talking of the printer theme, that's the, yeah. like, probably the best used to me. The fucking ghetto, <laughs> yeah, time, ghetto boy kicking. Down, motherfucker, down. Back up in so your good. ass with the resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of, that a lot scene of, is amazing. A lot of gangster rap in this film. Obviously, like enjoyed by Michael Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster at the beginning of the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing. And then what is he rapping to? Uh, down for whatever by Ice Cube. Like in his car, and then in the like, car, and then that yeah. guy, that black guy, comes by and he <laughs> and he like the door. The door. <laughs> I love the that music bit. down. It's so it's, good. Because <laughs> for me, because I was like, I was watching that. I'm like, oh, this is me. Like I'm yeah. like white as fuck. But like when I'm coming into work, that's what I'm usually listening to. Yeah, yeah, like that. But I wouldn't fuck. It. And then he does that. Like, what the fuck did this dude problem? <laughs> it's just like low key. again, like great, like middle American sort of thing. Yeah. Like, it's just like a friend. Even though it's like best friend, it's like fucking uh, Indian or whatever. Yeah. This it's is pre 9 11, though. He's not having any. Oh, like, okay. Hero. Okay. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> black people he's afraid of, apparently. <laughs> but he love loves music. Gangster <laughs> love gangster rap. Though. Yeah. No, that so fucking. Funny. Yeah, that sequence of them destroying the printer is amazing. I remember seeing a t shirt once that was just that, like, on a black t shirt. It was like just a shot from the movie with, like, uh, what's his name? Nadir, did you say? Yeah. Samir. Samir. Like, just when he does that amazing kick, like, in Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Those a downward kick. Are so funny. Yeah, that axe kick. That scene is and so d- funny in general. So gangster. So fucking yeah. cool. Um, yeah, that's the highlight, music wise. But then, yeah. yeah, there's plenty of good stuff in there. Yeah. I like the song that plays when he's, like, hypnotized. When the guy, like, healed over and he just, like. <sighs> It's like a really nice song that played. Yeah. I don't know what it did. No, yeah, I'm not there. sure. It goes I mean, into like the, the montage of him avoiding all the phone calls. Yeah, yeah. Most, I mean, most of the music is gangster rap in the film, and like, there's something that the studio actually wanted Mike Judge to cut out of the movie, but he oh, told Entertainment Weekly in 2019 that he said that if 
a focus group screening, didn't like it, then he would relent and cut it out. But apparently in that screening, there was one guy who came up and highlighted that the like, rap music was one of the things he liked about the film the most. Good. So he got this. That one of the best things. It's just a great yeah. juxtaposition, right? Yeah, yeah. The like, least fucking gangster thing and crew, crew you could fucking yeah. like, see. And, but the soundtrack totally works. It's like, it works so well, though, because it's so realistic to, like, I know guys like this. Like, that's, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Richard Linklater did a real good job of it as well, like, in uh, Boyhood, when you have, like, that scene when he's a bit of a teenager or whatever, and there's, like, fucking, like, Soldier Boy playing, and, like, it's, like, I know it's more of, of the time, but then when he's, like, hanging out with those stupid guys in that, like, fucking house that's being built, and they're, like, breaking shit, like, and there's just some, like, rap song playing, and it's just, like, dude, this is, like, this I've been there, that exact moment. This is so real. Uh, Office Space was shot in May of 1998 in Austin, Texas, like I said, but several issues arose during the filming, particularly by the third day of shooting temperatures had risen to over 100 degrees Fahrenheit or 38 degrees Celsius. And smoke from fires in Mexico was filling the sky over in Austin, (laughs) very similar to how Phil is uh, basically dealing with all the horrible smoke from Canadian fires in New York at the moment. I'm dying out here. It's the opposite problem of last, well, last week it was in the film, that was their yeah. problem, but in real life it was freezing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it made the sky like really white and stuff. And I think it like really messed up their like opening traffic jam sequence. Like they had to wait until <laughs> like that smoke had cleared so they can do it. But that scene's great too, that traffic jam, just him changing lanes and every time he changes lanes, the traffic next to him that he was in like ends up going and then he like gets stopped and then he changes lanes again and then he gets stopped again and the traffic <laughs> lane that he was in goes and it's, it's that that old man on the walker as well, just like just keep peering to him. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> like this film's funny from start to finish. It's just like it's hilarious, man. It just like hits so well and it still holds up. Um, the scene where they take out the printer uh, and just beat it to pieces it basically was like inspired by Mike Judge's experience with his own printer while he was writing Beavis and Butthead <laughs> to America. He told his co-writer Joe Stillman that he was frustrated by it and then when he was done with the script he planned on taking it out in the field and destroying it and videotaping the process. So uh, <laughs> one of the director of photography, Tim Sirstead, uh, says that the whole sequence was largely improvised, but AJ Nadu adds that there were that they were trying to do it in a way that evoked how the mafia would basically circle someone and you know they wanted to punish or kill or whatever. And Ron Livingston playing Don, you know, encircling behind AJ Nadu and uh, David Herman, and you know just watching them and approving of them like. You know, taking shots. I mean, I love that shit where they like they keep having to pull David Herman back or whatever because like he keeps going yeah, for keep it. coming back he's like, like no man, he's had enough. <laughs> yeah. he's like, Come on. Yeah, that's enough. I, I didn't write it down, but it just kind of reminded me. I read that AJ Nadu said that he like met some mafia guy and basically they were talking about how like it was uh it was realistic. Like they really appreciated that scene because it was realistic how they would beat someone down. And I'm just like, this is you're full of shit. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, there's no way. That's why I didn't write it out. I just thought it was like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> John C. McGinley says the film contains many improvised moments. Like uh, he said it was like improvised jazz on set. And uh, 
he said one example he recalled was when like Paul Wilson, who plays Bob Porter, can't pronounce Samir's name. So he goes, Naga, Naga. Well, he's not going to work here anymore. Yeah, <laughs> fucking awful. What a piece of shit. Yeah, AJ Nadu, actually, speaking of which, he uh, he was improvising a lot of those breakdancing scenes. So that scene where they're like getting like fucked up right when they're about to like, you know. Well, I guess they already committed the crime, but they're partying after and they're just doing all those dances and shit. And he's doing those hilarious like breakdancing moves and stuff, which is fucking great. Like mm. he improvised all that because he apparently <laughs> used to like breakdance with his friends. Really good. Like really uh, back in the day. Yeah. So, yeah, um, the imp- improvisation also helped out to solve some scenes in the script, like some problems in the script, because like originally Michael Bolton was to refer to the singer he shared his name with is a no singing asshole, but like Herman recalled that it was decided that in the film, he couldn't say that since it applied that he didn't sing his own songs. So he (laughs) came up with the idea to call him no talent ass clown. And in 2003, the real Michael Bolton said in an interview to entertainment weekly that I was doing fine. And then they made this movie and I can't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) But like years later, he's admitted that he finds the film funny and he like apparently willingly signs like office space DVDs for fans. <laughs> That's <laughs> that funny. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine that? Like you're you're like, I don't know, like Michael Bolton. It's like it doesn't even it's not even like it feels like it's really like it could have been anybody like it could have been, you know, I don't know, like Steve is a bad example. But you know what I mean? It could have been anybody. It like, could have been anyone, but like for some reason, he's like the perfect, yeah, like level of star to do yeah. that with. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's just, it's just fucking hilarious, and it's just like I don't know, it's just like the perfect name because it's just fucking generic enough, but like enough people would know who Michael Bolton is, and then it just yeah. like flips. Could you imagine being the actual Michael Bolton and just being like, "What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did I do? <laughs> just uh, you know what? You could just call me Mike. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> Office Space was released in February 19th, 1999 at the end of the release calendar's dump months, which is basically a period of time where studios aren't expecting a film to do too much, you know, at all. So they just release it and dump out whatever fucking bullshit. It got solid reviews, including three stars from Roger Ebert, but it didn't do too well at the box office. It debuted eighth in the box office charts and it would only make about $10.8 million domestically and another $2 million internationally. And this was off of a budget based of $10 million. So it barely broke even. And if you factor in marketing and all that, it probably didn't even break even. So anyway, Fox suggested that next time he pay more heed to the studio's casting suggestions However, Mike Judge soon learned that the uh, film had not gone unnoticed within the industry. He said that Jim Carrey invited me to his house. Chris Rock left me the best voicemail I ever had. And I had Mm. dinner with Madonna, who fell into Michael Bolton's character's anger. Sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Before too long, the film just started to catch on and and it became like a a cult hit. And many normal people finding it to be relatable. And as of 2003, it sold 2.6 million copies on VHS and DVD. And that's probably around the time I first saw it. So it was around that DVD, like cult, cult, like, uh, you know, rental VHS, DVD copy sort of like time period, like, you know, and in the same year, it was in the top 20 best-selling Fox DVDs. 
And then as of 2006, it had sold over 6 million DVDs in the United States alone. So yeah, it just really started to become a cult classic. And Ron Livingston has said that like many people approach him all the time to tell him that they like quit their jobs because of him, (laughs) 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 which I don't know if it's like the best thing, but you know, uh, Jennifer Aniston says that wait staff still approach her at restaurants asking her if they like her pieces of flair. (laughs) But speaking of which this film's actually responsible for TGI Fridays, like axing the flair which this is kind of making fun of so like oh really four years after the film's release mike judge recalled that he was that one of his assistant directors had told him that they had gone out to eat at tgi fridays and they noticed that the wait staff no longer were wearing their buttons on their uniforms the flair and uh asked why the manager told the told him that after office space had come out customers started making jokes about it so the chain dropped the requirements of their dress code (laughs) making good changes in the world that office based legacy and obviously to kind of bring it all around this all started you think this is about a cup of coffee you think this is about a fucking stapler (laughs) it's uh steven root he basically said that uh he realized the movie's impact when people start asking him to sign their staplers and in particular, the red swing they just line. just started giving him staplers. <laughs> it's like, yes, I have enough. They did. No. You know, like, like oh my the red God. Sw- swing line stapler, which is featured in the film, wasn't actually available at the time. It was something that they made up for the movie. Oh, cause I guess because the it's a beautiful sort of, stapler. Yeah, it's just kind of like, it's eye-catching. Um, but yeah, it wasn't available until April 2002, and the company basically released it in response to repeated requests by fans of the film. Just like, fine, here's a fucking red swing line stapler here. Right, dude, guy. Yeah, uh, Stephen Root says that when he shows up on sets today, the crew usually have ordered like several boxes of red swing line staplers, staplers and just like leave it for him. <laughs> so, yes, he's That's just given a lot of. Very funny. funny. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's it. Like I said, it was kind of a short and sweet episode. Just to have fun, mm. chat about this film. Like I said, it, I fucking think it still holds up. It's very fucking funny. Yeah. It's a great time. Yeah. It's a good laugh. I mean, I love it. I think it's hilarious. I love it too. I think it's really funny. I think you, if you haven't seen it, I think definitely go out of your way to watch it. I think there'll be something in there for you. Again, yeah. quite, quite broad and quite relatable and even just like... You know, from from like whether it be the specific sort of environment that they're working in, the sort of cubicle culture, or the kinds of people you get that you have to deal with at work, or even just, you know, trying to get out of a job that you hate. You know, like there's so many layers to it. It hasn't aged very well. It's only sort of, it's not like we got rid of that. It's not like everybody still does what they want. Most people still fucking hate their jobs and are just trying to get by. And it's, it's, had some fun in there. Had some like tell a really nice little story in there that I feel like could have happened any in anywhere America. Yeah. Um, and I think I, <laughs> the bit I was just remembering again all the things that I think of, uh, and that bit where he's like having the interview with the Bob, and he's just like, you know, in any given day, I have I do maybe fifteen minutes of actual work yeah. and I think and I think we're finally sort of trying to realize that I'm not putting I'm not putting this on office space or giving it the credit but I think it's a good example of that like you know him coming in a weekend and being stretched and like god being overworked for no point and now we're finally seeing 
four day work week and hours coming down and like these things kind of all these things that like psychology studies have shown have drastically improved people's work rate and like just contentment in the workplace yeah finally coming true and so maybe it will be a thing of the past one day so until then office space and a reminder you're here forever (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean, I was kind of talking about it earlier, um, and I, it is like it's it's soul destroying sometimes. The just the way <laughs> work can be, you know, it can just be in general. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be like that for everybody because a lot of people may just really like their jobs, you know, and love mm. what they do, and that's great, man. You got to hold on to it. Yeah, good uh, for you. But some, you know, sometimes there's people out there who are going to be like more creatively leaning, and even if they're doing a job that, like for us, like we're doing something that deals with yards and stuff, but it's not always like what we want to be doing with our life, you know? Yeah, I'm mostly sat behind the screen answering emails. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's got nothing to do with and, the fucking uh, movie. Yeah, same thing. I'm sitting behind a screen just like writing emails. <laughs> 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 I mean, they might be about movies, but, you know, it's like when you've written an email about Pulp Fiction 50, 60 times, you're just like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, how can I do, how could I possibly write about this again? I don't really know how to, like, yeah. you know, talk about this movie anymore. But, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's 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 weird. And, like, I, I think, like, uh, sometimes it's sad just thinking about, like, how life can just be all about work sometimes and it's hard to like escape that you know and it's like trying to find mm. that that happy moments and stuff when you can and but like you said like office space man it could just kind of remind you just to like you know to relax you know just relax yeah a little bit, you know, and, like, and also the it's fun a, a good in those moments yeah yeah and yeah. like to remind you to laugh at the shit you have to deal with that is ridiculous and stuff and with people we know, this probably this film is fairly well known. People have seen it, but like I, I think generally maybe not a lot of people have seen it, and I think they should. It's an overlooked kind of gem yeah. of a movie, of a workplace comedy, and low key a little heist thriller, little crime movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah And it yeah. gives you a lot of that. That second half of the movie is very much that, and I love all the references to Superman three. You know, yeah, yeah. And like them trying to constantly explain it through the fucking prism of this shitty superhero movie. I really like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good fun. This, it's like good fun. it's the kind of like silly crime thing. Like I was kind of alluding to, I think at the end of last week's episode. But like you can kind of see yourself doing it because it's like it's so simple. Yeah, it's yeah, because so it's stupid. And you're right on the edge yeah. where you're like, it just even I could totally get away with it. Yeah. Not that. Like I'm not hurting anyone. Yeah. I don't have a gun in my hand. It's like taking the pennies yeah. for everybody. That's like you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, there's so many versions of you know crime levels of crime that will be exploring and this is a nice chill one yeah, again if you're yeah, following yeah. i like to think that sometimes when we do these big art people will follow mm-hmm. with us maybe watch the movies with us yeah i hope so and you you kind of need stuff like this to break out by the way it's just like whoa yeah it can yeah. be very intense coming off the back of dog day and the next two weeks are a bit more high yeah 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 well next week we're you know we're gonna get back we're gonna get back to proper bank heist and stuff i mean it's one of the all-time one of the all-timer like uh heist movies but yeah it's still fun you know it's summertime phil i kind of got the urge to surf a little bit i don't know about you 
Do we finally cut the shit, Phil? Do we finally do it? Do we finally shaka bra our way into talking about something we've been talking about for fucking years, man? Yeah. Like literally, it it was on our fucking like list of films to do for ages, like especially when we hit the pandemic. Yeah, pre-lockdown, during lockdown, post-lockdown. We've been talking about doing this movie. And uh, we alluded to a little bit on, I believe, the episode of Fast X with one Miss Ariane on it. And maybe, just maybe, if schedules align, potentially, we'll see. Might be joined by our old pal Ariane as well. And we'll have a good laugh. It'll be a great time. A great time. Triple threat. I mean, I'm great. Fucking time. I'm looking forward to it because that film. That's fucking really good. <laughs> it kind of has like everything you want from a movie. There's Keanu Reeves bullshit, Gary Busey bullshit. Oh, I forgot about Gary. Busey. Yeah, Patrick Swayze the great bullshit. Stunts, great effect, Patrick Swayze bullshit. Yeah, and also just surfing. <laughs> Inver- surfing inadvertently launched one of the biggest, most annoying franchises right now. Yeah, because it. Yeah. Fast yeah. and Furious, yeah. because Fast and Furious is just a remake of it. That was the the illusion, I think, to uh, like a, a light hint of what we were doing. I think that's what it was, because we were talking about Fast and Furious, obviously. And I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, maybe you can come and join us for this film that, you know, is basically the reason why these Fast and Furious movies exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Not blaming it. Keep a, keep an eye out for that. Uh, as always, you can hit us up at patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast, you know, show some love there if you want to spend a little bit of your hard-earned money from your soulless job on us <laughs> so we can feel good about our hours and our hours health. of work that we put into this <laughs> and uh, as always just take care of yourself man you know it's like work sucks but like try to be happy and uh, you know if you can't afford to support us over on Patreon it's totally understandable just keep enjoying these just rub a bank and then give us the money <laughs> <laughs> keep enjoying these free podcasts uh in your timeline each and every week uh yeah and rub a bank i don't know what else can we say i mean that's kind we're of trying you know we're not saying you should you know i'm not saying you should i'm just saying we're kind of giving you all the sort of you know yeah. ways to do it here yeah just- if it I mean, happens, if you want to be like a little cut it thin, you know, if you want to be a little know. weakling about it, you know, we rob your fucking all, like workplace or something. I don't yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> they won't notice. <laughs> it's a faceless corporation. Yeah. Superman in a 3. Tech, what even that? In a probe? Yes, Superman 3. It'd be <laughs> nice to have that kind of job security, you know? Inner probe. <laughs> it's inner trode. <laughs> inner probe. That's good. <laughs> Did, did you not throw out like a Simpsons reference a minute ago? Like, yeah, you're here forever. Well, I'll give you mine, uh, which is a very good thing while I'm working all the time. That's a very Homer Simpson-esque thing. Um, Julia gave me this. It's like a picture of Steve when she was a little baby. This is the cutest fucking... She still had blue that, eyes for some reason. Biggest fucking ears. And uh, oh, yeah, she gave it to that's me. That's the most adorable picture I've ever seen. That's that just by your death. Yeah. And uh, Julia, like when she wrapped it up, it just like, it was like a note on it. It's just like, do it for her. <laughs> do it for Donnie. <laughs> do it for her. Yeah. That's why we do it. Yeah. That's so, why yeah. we do it. Yeah. Fucking, I don't know. Do it. Do it for Stevie. Do it for Stevie. Do it for my cat. 